You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Fortune's always hiding. They've looked everywhere. Certainly hiding yesterday, chaps. It's good evening. Mm-hmm. It's the West Ham Fan Show with West Ham World. My name's Aaron Paul, guiding you through the next two hours of West Ham United chat. Joining me this evening, James Jones. Evening, pal. How you doing? Not bad, mate. Not bad. And Luke Glanville. But it's, oh, yeah. it's your debut. Uh, second time. Second debut. Yeah. Second debut. Ah, oh, fair enough. Luke Glanville of West Ham Matters. Good evening, chaps. Um... <sighs> It's tough to look at this one, isn't it? It's tough because you, you sit there and you know what, truth be told, I really expected West Ham to go and really give it something. I watched the 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thoroughly unimpressed because I just felt that there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. You know, I think the minor decision to shift Antonio onto the other flank did something for about three minutes. Yeah. And then it was like, nah. But he swapped it back, didn't he? For about five minutes. I mean, it back, yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, give us your point of view on 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 yesterday's uh, on yesterday's four 0 defeat. Okay, so I was I was quite confident, as you, as you know from from what I said last week. I was quite confident going into this, but seeing the seeing the initial lineup that you put out, and then within five minutes, I was like, you yeah, know, this this is going to end very very badly for us. And it was the wrong t- it was the wrong tactics. It was tactical suicide from Pellegrini. But at the same time, I'm I'm not really that worried because. We've got Liverpool. We always do badly at Liverpool, regardless of what tactics we play. I mean, I think that's the f- fourth time in a row they put four past us. So, I mean, it wasn't as if it was a it was a hiding that we weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're still. I mean, so we're only one game into to Pellegrini era. So, I think we should be we should be worried if the same happens at Bournemouth, against Bournemouth at home on, on Saturday. 
Um, but I think we should just, you know, learn from this one and then go again on, on Saturday. I don't know, Luke, I don't know whether you feel the same. Yeah, I'd certainly echo what James said. I mean, I wasn't really expecting much heading into the game, simply because it's Liverpool away. No matter how much West Ham has spent, it's always going to be Liverpool away. They've spent as well and, yeah, just mark this one off, forget about it and move on, really. What about the, the players he brought in? And, you know, it, it was expected to be a sort of a, a new dawn for West Ham United. I genuinely thought they'd give it a bit of a go and, you know, you'd see more of a balanced contest. But it was one-way traffic. Well, the, the starting eleven suggested that he would. I don't know whether it was just a case of, you know, Liverpool in the first ten minutes, they saw a lot of the ball. I don't know whether we just very, very quickly realised, OK, we're not going to be able to take these guys on. But then they still played the high line and that, that ultimately cost us. But I think that we, we learned very, very quickly that that midfield trio is probably not going to work or if it is going to work, it needs it needs a lot of work it, on the training ground for those three to work together in midfield. There was a lot of space in behind them for, for Mane and, and Salah uh, and, and Firmino to, to utilise and just make, you know, take advantage of. So... I, I, I thought we'd go for it. I think everyone thought we'd go for it, given the given the starting eleven that was announced. But you know, as I said before, they'll learn from it. Yeah, definitely. It's like James said; it looked like an attacking formation, but just got overrun in midfield. Uh, the right, the rice and noble thing. It doesn't look like much going forward, and it was it was just a bit of a nothing performance. I think, really, I think the the big thing for me coming out of that game is that defensively we're still very shaky even even after spending quite a bit of money on our defence Balboin has come in I, I quite like the look of Balboin actually I think he'd be turned out to be a good signing Fredericks was the right choice at right back given his pace you know he'd have been able to deal with Liverpool's pace better than Zabaleta but defensively he wasn't great he was great going forward but defensively he wasn't very good um, I mean Ogbonna was Ogbonna still but and then Masuaka out on the, you know just out on the left just really poor Really poor, and that, that's for me. That's a big worry because we spent a lot of money on defence, and I mean, even though it is Liverpool and their pace, and we know how dangerous they can be, to to defend as poorly as that after spending so much money in the summer on it. I saw a lot of tweets about Ryan Fredericks on on social media, especially from Fulham fans, going, "Yeah, we missed his crossing today, but his defensively, he wasn't great." I mean, look, let's be fair; he was brought in, I think personally to bring down the average age of that bat line you know it was yeah, it was yeah. quite a slow old aging bat line and he showed his pace but otherwise defensively he he was poor very very poor but I suppose I mean it's very rare to find a, to find a, a right back or a left back that is both quick good going forward and very good defensively normally you only get one one or the other and unfortunately we've got We've got two uh, full-backs that are very good going forward, but not, not very good defensively. Yeah, the, he's certainly a West Ham full-back. Um, it fits that theme, Cresswell, Masuaku, they're both like that, really. And you could, if you looked at every goal, you could pick out Fredericks was doing something wrong, and it was very costly. I thought uh, West Ham should have gone with Zabaleta, but then again, it was the pace thing, so I can understand why Pellegrini went with Fredericks, to be honest. Yeah, and no, well, he was always going to play him, wasn't he? Definitely, yeah. I mean, you, you need you need someone with a bit of pace up against those guys. Um, and I think he, he picked him it knowing that he's going to do a lot more tracking back than he was going to go for was going forward. So I mean, he had that in mind, didn't he? But I mean, I think I think it still proved to be a good sign in Fredericks. But you know, they've got to improve defensively. Um, as I said, you know, 
Liverpool will will, will batter teams three or four, better teams than we than we are three or four nil this season. So I don't think that we can sort of feel too disheartened by the result. But there were really worrying signs in terms of the defence. Um, Fredericks um, being being one of those, um, and then Masuaka out on the left as well was was really poor as well. So, but you know we go again. You'd hope that there'll be a lot of work on the training ground to, to try and fix that, but we we already know that Pellegrini's not going to change his tactics. Yeah, no, I, th- I think maybe it's a case of you know the, these guys need to chill. How many signings is it? Eleven, twelve? No, it's, is it nine for the first team? Ten, yeah. ten overall. Ten overall. Yeah, ten overall. Um, and effectively, they need time. I was confusing with you, Fulham. With, with, with Fulham, excuse me. 12, 12 signings for them. Yeah. 10 for West Ham United. Both done brilliant business. But they need time to work each other out and, and yeah. stuff like that. Obviously, I think, not alarm bells, but there will be some sort of warning buzzer going on Saturday if, if things aren't right against Bournemouth. Yeah, and I think I think we'll see a few personnel changes for that. Um, I, I think Yarmolenko will come in for Antonio. Um Yamanenko had, had had a bit of a knock in pre-season, which is probably why he didn't start yesterday. And I thought he looked quite good, but he came on as well. Whereas Antonio was just awful, I thought. So I think they will see that change there, and that might make a little bit of a difference. I don't think that was Pellegrini's strongest eleven in his mind. I'm um, surprised Antonio even played. Me too. I couldn't believe it when I saw him starting. Um, but that's probably down to Yamanenko's injury. Um, but that should that will change, I think. Antonio will just sort of be a bench player. On the back of this, we'll be hearing from uh, Alan O'Brien, good friend of the station, front of the show, from the uh, tactics truck too. We're going to hear his comments on Manuel Pellegrini. We'll do it after a quick break. It's Love Sport Radio. Drop us a tweet at Love Sport Radio. Give us a call 0208 70 20 558. Let's be hearing from you this evening. Let's hear your opinions on that West Ham United defeat to Liverpool yesterday. It's Love Sport. 558 AM. Love Sport. Manuel Pellegrini will want. West Ham to dominate possession and to be a big team. He speaks always of a big team mentality. That's what he tries to instill in his players. And I was listening to an interview he did with the coach's voice there during his time in China with Chris Coleman's current side, Hebei China Fortune. He never betrays his values, no matter what the opposition is, whether you're playing against Manchester City or Amino. He believes that he wants to dominate possession, play in the opposition half, press high, get your fullbacks forward. And the worry is, even though you've just said he's brought in players who can do that, the worry I have is that that's naive. And the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City, could give West Ham a few hammerings this season. And we know that last season they conceded 68 goals. I mean, they were level with Stoke, who got relegated for having the worst defensive record in the league. And I have a feeling that's not going to improve greatly anytime soon. What do you make of that? He was bang on, wasn't he, Alan? Absolutely bang on. Um, and that is, I mean, it is being naive. I mean, it's all very well setting your team up to have a lot of the ball and, and get, get your fullbacks forward. But you're never doing that at, uh, at Anfield against Liverpool. It's never going to happen. Um, and as we saw yesterday, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was complete and utter disaster. Yeah, that, uh, as James said before we come air, come, before we came on air, um, if you're a Manchester City, uh, you can afford to do that with Pellegrini. But with West Ham, you are going to get hammerings, and we saw it yesterday, and it was just a complete obliteration, really. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know whether he's just underestimated the fact that you know this is only West Ham, and the quality of players he's got at, to, at his disposal is not 
what he had at Man City where you, you could afford to go to. But it. how much have you guys spent? Right? We spent we spent hundred million, well, just under hundred million pound. But you have to a lot a lot of I've seen a lot of fans moaning and a lot of people forget that this is a this is a team. Okay, we've got nine nine new first team players, but this is a, a team in a football club that for the last two or three years hasn't been run very well by the management. I mean there's a lot a lot's come out since Bilic left about how how poor pre-season was nobody only came out a couple of weeks ago how, how poor pre-season had been it, it, it wasn't being run uh, managed properly there was no, the coaching was a little bit substandard David Moyes comes in for six months different tactics um, and now they've got Pellegrini in different tactics again so it's never going to happen overnight and regardless of how much money we spent this is again this is another bit of change that a lot of these football players a lot of the players at the club a lot the entire club in general has had to go through so I think we've just got to give it a bit of time but do the fans appreciate that as well or is it you know you're, you're a minority you're you're an articulate West Ham United fan that sits and writes all the time and you know try, tries to get yourself heard over you know a, a platform of, of what 25,000 people call it that but there's 56,000 people 52,000 people whatever it is that goes to the London mm. Stadium every week of that how many of them are going to listen to you and go, you know what, guys, give some time. Pellegrini needs time. X, Y, Z. And how many of them are going to go, nah, get him out, get someone else in, bring someone in who knows the club, bring someone in who plays that famous West Ham United way and do it differently. You know, surely, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just really concerned that if you guys pick up four points from your first five games or some, something like that and you're sitting in 17th, that the fans are going to start imploding again. That's the sort of thing that will happen at West Ham, and I've, I've already seen comments on. I saw a lot of comments on Twitter yesterday afternoon. Um, a lot of people, you know, panicking already, moaning already, um, and I can understand why. I mean, although we weren't expected to win yesterday, the, the manner of it was was alarming. Um, but you know, I think I think we've got to be patient. You know, we all, everyone demanded this world class manager and a hundred million pound investment in the, in, the, in the playing staff. We got that. But that is never going to mean it was going to be instant success. I think there's one thing West Ham fans haven't got at the moment. It's patience after mm. two seasons. I mean, uh, we've kind of promised top four football in the London Stadium, two relegation battles, two seasons, and you're not going to get a lot of that with West Ham nowadays, especially with what's gone on recently. Finally spent some money. Obviously, yeah, for goodness sake, let's let's see how it goes. But... You won't get the time. Yesterday, I was watching the. I watched. You know, it was a great day of football. I watched yeah. Arsenal Man City game afterwards. When City scored their second goal, Gary Neville straight away parked up and and, and said something like, "Well, it was never going to be easy for Unai Emery. He needs three or four transfer windows to sort this club out. How many transfer windows does Manuel Pellegrini need? One, two. How many will he get? I think uh, he'll get. It's a. It's a good question because. I don't know. A couple, at least, it leads, I reckon he needs at least two or three transfer windows to really stamp his authority on on this on this team. Um, I think there's a lot of players still in the squad that he probably doesn't like or doesn't like the look of and could do with getting rid of. Um, and I think I think the board would be crazy just to, you know, if, if we're you know not where we we're expected to be by Christmas. So I think the board would be crazy to make a rash decision. I don't think they can afford to either. I think he's on a big <laughs> a big contract. But I, I think you'll get you'll get you'll get a cut a few windows. You, 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 we need the patience. We can't afford more upheaval. There, there's certainly still problem areas. I mean, maybe four, five, perhaps. I mean, left back, central midfield. There's still there's still problem areas for mm. us. So yeah, it's going to take a few for sure.
Yeah, no, I think uh, it will. Surely those should have been strengthened, those areas then. Well, that's what that's what worries me a little bit. And I, Everyone was waxing lyrical about the window that we had. Um, and we did have a good window. I mean, we spent a lot of money. Yeah. And we brought in some good players, players that we needed. Um, but it, do, it, it has worried me that the likes of defensive midfield, that position seemed to be ignored a little bit. A couple of good performances in pre-season from Declan Rice, and it was as if, like, right, that's fixed. I'm surprised they didn't play uh, Zablesa there. I don't know. I mean, I would have been, been surprised to see him there, to be fair. Why? If he's not... He's played holding midfield a lot. Not yeah. for West Ham, though. Not for West Ham. What's the difference between playing West Ham and Man City? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's not known any different from right back while he's been at West Ham. I haven't really thought about it. I think, um, I think Declan Rice has played there a lot in pre-season. Uh, he played well, well in that position in pre-season, but... Um, so I think they'd probably okay we'll, we'll give him a go there but they should have invested there we've, we've been crying out for defensive midfielder for, for years and you know it, perhaps they should have invested at left back as well but it swings around about she spent a lot of money on attack because again all we really had last season was, was Arnautovic and Hernandez so he's brought in a couple of wide players but I think that there was a couple of key key areas in the squad where he, which were either ignored or going, okay, well, we don't need a quick fix for that yet. We can just we can just coast by. Mm. Bring so many players, it's difficult to adapt in a new system. But we are just starting the season. We need to continue working hard this season, analyze this game, turn page, and just thinking the game, next game, which are the players that are in their best moment. Fair enough from him. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much standard kind of post-match comments. Early really. season post-match yeah. chat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we need to. I think what we've we've been West Ham as a club and, and fans as well have been quite guilty of in recent years is trying to do too much too too quickly. Been a little bit impatient, and I think we have to. We can't afford to, you know, to try and do too much too quickly this time. He's been brought in to, to change the football club on the pitch and off it as well. I think we just need to give him time, give those players time. The likes of Philippe Anderson. I think four of the five Davidsons last year, uh, yeah, sorry, yesterday, had never played in the Premier League before. Was it three, three out of the five or four out of the five? So I think we need to just just be a little bit more realistic. Are you, are you concerned, though, about the signings that maybe they're going to go down the same route as some of the older ones you know your Elans your Guillet Francos no Herita Ilungas Herita Ilunga what a player um, <laughs> no I don't think I don't think they're going to go down that route I think they'll all prove to be good signings in their own right um, there were flashes of brilliance from all of them yesterday in, in certain aspects I thought Balbuena looked, looked good in, in parts at the back We've already spoken about Fredericks. He looks quite good going forward. I thought Yarmolenko looked good when he came on. Yeah. Um, Philippe Anderson, although he did look a little bit lazy at times when he when he was on the ball, he looked quite exciting. He looked like he could he could create something out of nothing. Uh, Jack Wilshere, how we didn't see a great game from Jack Wilshere, but you know, I'm I'm still convinced he'll turn out to be a good signing. To so, be honest, I, n- I never even knew he was playing. Yeah, well, I mean, our midfield was completely non-existent, wasn't Genuinely, it? Genuinely, so, I never knew yeah. who, who was playing. Well, it, I, it, was, I, it was that kind I of I saw a stat uh, on Twitter this morning. It was uh, that I think he, he made 19 passes in, in the entire game. Alisson Becker made more. The baffling thing today is I've seen that Alisson has been like 
named in team of the week yeah I saw that yeah he didn't do anything didn't do anything yeah. like, I think West Ham had one or two shots on target yeah but he I can't remember him actually being involved that much nah I mean very strange yeah I mean, it's just lazy isn't it oh who's the most expensive goalkeeper oh Becker was for a month I would just pick him I mean it's just Liverpool have got a good goalkeeper now haven't they but he didn't do anything um but he made more passes than Jack Wilshere and that's quite worrying for on Jack Wilshere's part isn't it so yeah um I mean, he had to save that Balbuena header in the first half. So that's true. It was a catch. And that's a good, team Again, that's another positive that, that I saw from from Balbuena. I mean, he off, he does offer something from set pieces, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and a little bit more threat. And I, I reckon he'll score quite a few goals this season, Balbuena, from from those from those positions. So again, that's another positive. So although it wasn't, it was it wasn't the the best the best days of football. Um, there are positives to be had, I think. And what about the keeper, Fabianski? How pleased with you were, were you with his debut? I mean, he, he made a couple of important saves. I think he offers a bit of stability and assurance mm. on that back line, yeah, a bit of confidence, which is strange to say after his in you know the opening parts of his career at Arsenal, which weren't great. No, I think I think he, again he's another one that proved to be a good signing. Um, he did make a couple of saves. There's one where one was a good save from Salah, which I don't think he knew much about, but he got himself in that position and made himself big. And I think a lot a lot of people criticised the signing game. Well, he got relegated with with Swansea last year, but as I said a, a few weeks ago, Swansea's issue last year wasn't wasn't their defence. It was them scoring goals. That's why they got relegated. They couldn't score goals, um, apart from when they scored four against us. But uh, I just don't. I, I think I think he's a good signing. He's a solid Premier League football, uh, goalkeeper. He'll make a lot of saves for us. But he, he, I think even though they got relegated, I think he was up there in, in the top three or four keepers in the league. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, and so I think I think it costs seven million, which I think is a steal, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, four saves yesterday. Uh, Alexander-Arnold had a good free kick. And um, I think Mane, one-on-one as well, was another. So mm. it, was, it was positive. I think one of the few positives to take from the game. But I had a sneak feeling it was going to be Adrian. I don't know why. But I was a little bit disappointed to see Fabianski, but then um, I think probably the, for the best that he's going to be the number one going forward. Mm. Yeah, no, I think he will as well. I mean, do you feel Adrian should be given that chance? Do you reckon there should be a bit of a, a tussle? Uh, listen, I love Adrian. I love his passion. Don't we all? No, the fans absolutely adore the man, but he is prone to making mistakes. I know a lot of goalkeepers are these days, but... For the last couple of years, you know, he has made quite a few mistakes. That's why, you know, Darren Randolph was brought in to replace him after a mistake that he made. That's why Joe Hart, you know, came ahead of him. But then he's been lucky that then those two goalkeepers have also made mistakes. He's come back in the team. So he, is, he isn't, you know, he's a good shot stopper. But when, you, when you've got a keeper that's prone to making mistakes, I don't blame Pellegrini coming in going, do you know what, I'm going to have to change the goalkeeper situation. Um, and I think Fabianski, for, for what he cost, is, is a good replacement. But I do worry that Adrian, I mean, he deserves to be playing first-team football. And I do worry that, you know, in, the, in January, he probably looked look to look for a move away from the club. Um, and that, I mean, I'm sure he, he wouldn't want to leave the club because he loves, he loves the fans just as much as the fans love him. He loves playing for the club, as you know, you can tell. But, you know, he'd probably get a few games this year but I mean it all depends I mean if Fabianski has a shocker then you never know he might get his chance again but I think I think that's probably him done now yeah I don't think Pellegrini was ever going to show him any compassion no. but yeah cup games cup games <laughs> um, talk to me about Philippe Anderson not 
the best of Mixed. debuts. Well, I, I didn't. Again, as I said, as I said a minute ago, he looked good on the ball. When he got the ball, he looked okay. He, he, he looked like he wanted to go forward. He looked quite creative. He looked quite exciting. But off the ball, I thought his positioning was a little bit suspect. He didn't really look interested in in tracking back. Um, I don't know whether that was just him just not really I think it was a little bit like a baptism of fire for him sort of first Premier League appearance and it's, it's away at Liverpool yeah but this is a player that's you know been tattered to be playing at the top level yeah, in Europe yeah um, I don't know I th- I, again I think I think we'll see we, we didn't see the best of Philippe Anderson but a, a mate of mine texted me during the game I mean oh, that number 8 looks pretty good for you guys and, I'm, and that, that, uh, that was just after I was, you know, I was criticising him to me mate who I was watching the game with. So I don't know. I, th- I think it'd be a good signing, but it, it needs to be a little bit more busier. I think it needs to be busier. I think he looks quite lazy at times. Was that just difficult because of where you were playing? The fact that you were playing at Anfield and the way that we approached the game tactically, I think as well. Yeah, it didn't really play into his hands. I mean, I don't think he played well, but I think he just showed enough. To suggest that he could be good going forward, and mm. and it is tough Liverpool way first game in the Premier League. So yeah, I mean, I think we'll see we'll see more about what Philippe Anderson's all about on Saturday when we play Bournemouth at home, where we'll be expected to have a little bit more of the ball, um, and hit the, I think we should be getting getting him on the ball more. We should be looking to get him on the ball more. Well, you want an at- attacking performance on Saturday? Well, we, it has to be. It has to be. I think. As Luke said just before we started the show, it's just so typical of West Ham to put ourselves under so much pressure already one game in. There's a lot of pressure on Saturday now. It's, I think it's one of those typical kind of West Ham pressure games where there's a tough run, um, things are not going too well, and then you just have a home game against a mid-table kind of team, and um, it's a must-win. Well, it's not really, but it's one of those kind of games. Yeah, and I, I think... West Ham under Pellegrini won't be judged on how how much we get beat by Liverpool at Anfield. I think we'll be judged on how well we're performing against the teams that are going to be in and around us in, in, in the Premier League table, and that's that's going to be teams like Bournemouth. Um, so I think we'll be judged. We, we should be judged more on how we perform in those games. Bournemouth is a team that's a solid team that is in their best moment with good players. But uh, during the game, I think that some boss decide the scores. I recognise that they play better than. That our team. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, well, first of all, again, what do you take from that? What do you take from 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 what Pellegrini said there? What that Liverpool were the better team? Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, I mean, he's just it's, it's just, I just, I just, I don't know. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Considering I was sitting with my scouts pals the other week, and they're turning around to me, and go, West Ham at home. Yeah, they've signed a few players. They could be difficult. They could be difficult. I don't know, reading into a lot of the comments, and you know, I've read the match report um, over and over from Manuel Pellegrini, uh, who said it was a tough game before the game, during the game, and after the game. Cool, so basically what you're saying is, pal, is it was lost before a ball had even been kicked. That's what it feels like to, to the layman, to an outsider. That's disappointing. It is disappointing. Um, I don't know whether he meant for it to come across that way. I can't imagine he, he's... He's got that mentality, Pellegrini. Um, but it's, it's difficult because Liverpool were the better team. We knew they were going to be the better team, regardless of how much money we spent, regardless of the players we brought in. <laughs> they're, they're always going to be the better team than us. What do you make of the offside decisions? Well, that third goal was was miles offside, wasn't it? But we were we were already two down at that point. 
but the third goal can be important because 2 0 kind of still in it, even though being dominated. But 3 um, 0, it was game over right after half time. Yeah. So, but if you defend poorly, then you can't expect to get the good luck, really, can you? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and we were clearly with that high line. We were, you know, we were, we were deliberately trying to play that offside trap, weren't we? And it worked for the first like ten minutes or so, yeah. where we we were successfully doing it until Liverpool worked out what we were doing, and then just got the ball out wide to uh, every time to like James Milner and that, and basically just so he controlled so that, it though. Yeah. Yeah, but they did that. As soon as they noticed what we were doing, we were doing it effectively. They started doing that. But then we didn't change what we were doing. We just carried on trying to play the offside track, even though they were playing out wide and just knocking, squaring balls in. Um, so again, that's, that's another worrying thing. We didn't we didn't really adapt to how Liverpool adapted to the way we were playing, and that's ultimately what cost us. But, I mean, as I said before, you know, if you're going to defend poorly, then regardless of the offside decisions, you know, you're still going to concede goals. Yeah, um, West Ham have lost more top flight games against Liverpool than any other side so it was kind of written in the stars a bit uh, one positive Robert Snodgrass came on good reception yeah and and, and looked half decent he's had a good pre-season I thought his West Ham career was over after we, we chipped him out of the villa last season but he came on he came on for, at half time for Declan Rice didn't he and I thought he looked, I thought he looked really really good looked really positive perhaps there is a role for him there um I don't know. I mean, Luke. I mean, how did you see it? His West Ham career looked dead after the whole Brady comments kind of thing and mm. all of that. But yeah, I've, I've always been an advocate for him. Really, he came in, he had a few poor games, and then he was shipped out. So great season at Aston Villa, great pre-season behind him, and I think he's probably in contention to start against Bournemouth now. Well, he's hungry now, isn't he? Um, from from what I gather, he, he didn't really get on well with Bilic for whatever reason. Um, so for him to come in he's probably come back to the club in the summer with Pellegrini and I think at early doors in the summer there were there were comments coming out of the club that Pellegrini really liked him um, and he's obviously had a word and you know, he's probably a little bit hungry to, to, to right some of the wrongs that happened early on in his West Ham career and you know, I'm really happy for him um, I was I was convinced I got a lot of stick for, for saying that statistically when we sold Payet um I thought, and we, we replaced basically replaced Payet with Snodgrass. Statistically, Snodgrass, you know, Snodgrass was better on paper. And I, I came out and said, you know, do you know what? Actually, this could turn out to be a bit of a blessing in disguise. You know, a great bit of business. Okay, I was proven wrong, and I, I, my mates gave me a lot of stick for that. But uh, that's why I'm hoping now he he, he gets it right and puts in a few performances, maybe scores some important goals for us, and plays a really good role. Yeah, I think, I mean, with a player like that, he's experienced, he knows the leagues, he knows the divisions as well. He doesn't need time to settle in, he doesn't need no. time to bet in, and, and maybe he could be a bit of like a general for uh, for, for Pellegrini in the sense of, you know, being that sort of sounding board, being someone who, who he can rely on. Obviously, you've got people like Mark Noble in there already, and, you know, uh, Pablo Zabalesa, someone who speaks the same language, they, they know exactly what they're doing. And, and you know, I know that, you could probably imagine that Pellegrini can can rely on them, but I really hope that Snodgrass can kind of turn it around and 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 you know do well, sort of just tick over with West Ham if you like. You know, he doesn't need to do anything spectacular; just tick over. Be quite nice. It would be quite nice. Um, be nice if the whole season just nicely ticked over yeah. for us. Um, but I, I think I think he will. I think that's the role that he can be expecting to play be a player just to sort of settle it down a little bit bring a little bit of familiarity to the team um, what are the expectations though 
What, for Snodgrass? For the season. For the season. Mm. Well, I've said before, I think mid-table. I'm not going to say, you know, we should be we should be looking to get Europe. I know we spent 100 million quid, but it doesn't doesn't guarantee you anything these days, does it? As, as we've seen. I mean, look at Fulham. They spent 100 million quid and got beat on the first day. Just uh, just like we did. But I think so. they should have beaten Palace, though, to be they fair. Should have done. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah, they, they should have done, but they didn't. And no. So it's, it shows you can spend all the money in the world. doesn't guarantee you success. Yeah. Um, so I think we need to be, again, as I said before, we need to be realistic and just go, OK, let's just... This, we're in a transition period again another one in such a short space of time we just need to be more realistic take a mid-table finish let's hear one more time from Alan O'Brien who feels that Manuel Pellegrini's tactics and his values need to work fast as fans uh, will lose patience quickly he, he has been given the autonomy to come in and, and remake the squad and bring in guys he thinks will be able to implement his style now how long does he have to implement that well, I don't particularly think the West Ham United fans have large reserves of patience. Uh, mm. We've seen in recent years that they're they're quite quick to turn. Um, they want an attractive style of football. They want winning football. And we all remember the protests that happened last March when they lost 3-0 at home to Burnley, albeit they were a bit premature because Moyes masterminded a pretty decent run towards the end of the season. But there was a real violent feel around the London Stadium that day in March. And you know, the sense I have is that Manuel Pellegrini will need to get it right quickly, particularly given that they've outlaid a net spend of over £82 million. Yeah, we talked about this earlier, but Alan, again, sort of reinforcing the point that you're going to have, you know, a minority of fans who will make life difficult for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, that Burnley game, which was referenced there, was just crazy how quickly things turned. And I suppose if things aren't going so well and West Ham do go, go, go down at home, there's always that groan that come that goes around the stadium, and the spirits drop of the players, the fans, and it just it, it's just horrible. I think I think what happened, what Adam mentioned there about the the protest now quickly fans can turn. I think I think that wasn't just by the fact that we, you know everyone knows it wasn't just because we were losing three 0 at home to Burnley at the time. It was only one 0 when those protests started. I think it was the fact that when the club. Um, announced that Moyes was going to replace Bilic the fans were really underwhelmed they weren't happy that it was David Moyes they wanted someone else um, they were still unhappy about the stadium you know we were in a relegation battle it wasn't just you know I think it, it, was, a, it was a combination of a lot of things that were going wrong at the time mm. but we're going into this game on on Saturday against Bournemouth with still a real positive feel around the club. I know there's a lot, there's been a lot of negativity coming out after we lost to Liverpool yesterday, but I still think that even if even if we do go one nil down, I, I don't think it, that there'll be as much as a, a a crazy reaction like we saw in that Burnley game yeah. because pe- people, although people are upset and people are expecting us to have a good season, you know, with the investment and the, and the manager that we got in, I think. Deep down, people know that it's not going to happen overnight. Not like they expected, and a lot of fans expected it to happen overnight when we moved into that stadium after we almost finished in the top four of that last season at Upton Park and the wonders that Billich worked that, that year. Everyone thought, right, we're going to the new stadium, 60,000 seater, you know, we've almost finished in the top four. This is this is going to be it. This is going to be the start of a, like a new era. And it never happened. And I think that was because we were trying to do too much too quickly. So. I think there'll be a little bit more patience for for Pellegrini, and I don't think we'll see the vitriol and the and the, and the negativity 
and I don't think a lot of fans will turn on him that quickly like they did on Moyes for yeah, let's talk about players who could still leave the club um, around this uh, this European transfer window by the way what do you make of this transfer window cutting it out before the uh, the season starts I'm not a fan I think it's uh, football political correctness gone wrong again I was really for it at the time because um, I I don't know I always found it a little bit weird that teams could like teams could still have a little bit of business to do while they're still you know there's still three, two or three games in the season they're still trying to thrash that business I thought it might be a bit of a distraction so I was quite for it but now it's happened because I mean now we've seen that West Ham could really do a defensive midfield and it's like we can't sign one now we've got to wait till January I can't agree more with that I thought great idea and another thing is the rest of Europe no one else is doing it so they can poach players now and it's needed to be and a World Cup year of course so Absolutely, close to the World yeah. Cup yeah I mean it is a bit of a worry but it means that, I mean I can't imagine many Premier League teams will, will continue to, to sell might be just youngsters going out on loan which is what we're seeing at West Ham at the moment well Ed Milson Fernandez has gone to Fiorentina season long loan um, you know 48 appearances Last season for uh, for in fact over the past two years isn't mm. it for yeah. for for Ed Milson um, is that is the end of his West Ham career? Um, it it could well be. I mean, I've, I've always liked Fernandez. I thought he's always done a good job when he, he he comes into the team. He's been played a lot in the wrong position. He's been played at right wing back, and he's not right wing back. He's a central midfielder. Scored scored a couple of goals. One against Chelsea in the cup. I hope it's not the end of his West Ham career, but. You always worry when a player in their 20s is getting loaned out. He's got a good loan, but still. Yeah, I I really like him. I, I think every time I've seen him, I've been quite quite encouraged by the type of player he is, particularly when he plays in that favoured central midfield role. Um, and I I think he's the sort of player that we could probably done with, given the, the problems we had in midfield yesterday against Liverpool. I, you know, we could probably do with a couple more extra central midfielders just to try and... It's clear that that central midfield trio is probably not going to work. So we could do with another couple of players just to see what does work, see what combinations do work. Just what about for squad depth in general? Well, I mean, at the end of the window, I, I thought, OK, we've got one or two players might leave on loan, but Fernandez wasn't one I thought would go. I thought he'd be used as that, as that squad player. Because um, knowing our history of injuries, we're going to need the, the strength and depth. Um, so to, to let him go was quite a surprise um, but you did uh, as you mentioned it is, it is a good loan like he's gone to Fiorentina and, and if you play some games then then brilliant but we also forget we've got Carlos Sanchez in um, I think Fiorentina have had a good deal there were you of. happy with, with the signing of him? it's a strange one yeah really strange um, yeah I mean he wasn't it was awful for um, for Villa, wasn't he? But then a lot of people say that. But then a lot, of, every single Villa player that year is awful. So I don't think we can read too much in that. They've been chasing him for a long, long time as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm still, still. I don't really know what to think of it. Just before before he went to Villa, he was at uh, Valencia Valenciennes in in France. Mm. And there were two or three clubs just really heavily going for him. I think he's got a moody agent. I think he's a moody guy as well. Yeah. And and it just never worked out. And he ended up going to Villa. You know, there's their new revolution with people like him. You know, Leandro Bacuna. Mm. They signed a terrible striker as well. Really tall, lanky striker. What was his name? Corne- not Cornelius. That was at Cardiff. Uh, Aston Villa striker. Who was he? I can't remember now. 
Not Rudy Kester. Was it Rudy Kester in the Premier but, League? You know, they're, they're him, players yeah. like that. Jed Steer, Mark Barn. Jordan Amavi. He's Jordan Amavi. Yeah, players like that. Yeah, yeah. He came in as, as that wave. And it's just weird how um, uh, they, they've just gone and, you know, you know, re- gone from again. Mm. Bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, especially given the the calibre sign the, the sort of players we are bringing in in this window, and then it ends with Carlos Sanchez, um, who had who didn't have a great World Cup. He got sent off within like thirty seconds of his first game, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a strange signing, but you never know. He could turn out to be a good a, a good signing for us. Sometimes it's the it's the, the weird signings that turn out to be quite good. But with with him, do you do you look at him and think you know what maybe? He he he's got the kind of you know that fire and that passion and the drive to actually do something you know whilst others maybe aren't and maybe he could take the game to someone. Maybe he seeks that this might be his last chance at a big club and he want to go for it. But like James says, it is it is unusual. I think he's got a shade of panic here about it. Like West Ham needed a central midfielder. Where can we get one? Oh look, there's Sanchez. He's experienced. I think he's got 88 caps for Colombia. Although he didn't have a, world, a good World Cup, so I think he'd, he'll be a squad player. He might come in and do a job, but I don't think he'll be needed really. I'd like to see him. Uh, I think everyone's expecting him to be that that bench player. You know, if we do if we do need someone through injuries or whatnot, then he'll be the guy to look for. But I mean, given given what we saw yesterday, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually started on 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 Saturday against Bournemouth. And as I said, you never know. He could surprise a lot of people. Uh, we could, as he, he might offer that that fight in midfield. Mm. And you know, he, he as, as Luke said, he, he's probably playing for he's playing for a little a little bit of uh, redemption almost in England because everyone straight away thinks of him in a Villa shirt and how poor he was and how poor Villa were that year. Perhaps perhaps he's he's come back. To try and uh, sort of uh, right some wrongs a lot, so maybe save his reputation a little bit. Tell me about Reese Oxford, still there, on his way out. I think. Again, he's a player that we could probably do with Luca. He, he can play defensive midfield. So why, why aren't we trying him now? I mean, I don't know whether his attitude's just not quite right. Whether Pellegrini's been put off by something that's happened behind the scenes, or whether he's just gone. Do you know what? I want out. I want, I want a fresh start somewhere else, like full time. But yeah, it looks like he's going to leave on loan. Yeah, it doesn't really look like he wants to be there. He's had quite a strange little career so far. Um, he's not been given the chances when he's gone away on loan. When he has been given the chances, he's got injured. So I, I thought he was going to leave permanently this summer, to be honest. I think it'd be a loan and then a permanent departure next summer, or maybe in January. It's amazing how, you know, he was linked with my mob, Man United, mm. you know, when he when he first broke onto the scene. And I thought to myself, yeah, he's, he's a good good little player isn't he he looks uh, he looks decent and I don't know if he's kind of fallen away I don't know what it is but something's just changed I think I think there's got to be is there an attitude problem there um, I don't, I'm not going to make any assumptions on that front because I don't know him personally um, but th- there are sort of rumours and reports that suggest that, that that might be the case um, I don't know whether he 
he might believe, start to believe his own hype a little bit when he came through as a 16 year old in a performance against Arsenal under Bilic um, but then Bilic did very well at that time to protect him a little bit took him out the team very very quickly after that and then just slowly gave him appearances just to try and take him away from the limelight but then all that, all that talk of him you know before he turns what is it 17 or 18 and the likes of Arsenal Man United Chelsea are all interested in him he's going to see that and a, a young a, at an age like that and you know you you're trying to get a new contract and then I think you end, you end up getting what 30 grand a week or something like that I and mean, when you're on that sort of money at that age I don't know what it does to your ego um, but perhaps that, that again that, that could be uh, a factor but he's gone away he went to Reading I think the first game he started at Reading they lost 6-0 <laughs> well you, you could say that about the majority of the fixtures they're not great no nah. But then, but then he went to Germany, and something might have clicked over there because he really, he really liked it over there. Um, the Borussia Mönchengladbach really liked him. I think they, I heard that they were trying to get him back. So maybe, maybe that's that's his future. He goes up to Germany and tries to carve out a career over there. And you know, good luck to him if he does. Um, but it does seem as though even Pellegrini's not a big fan of him. Yeah, no, I don't think Pellegrini likes that kind of player. I think it could be a combination of things. He might have had his head turned, but then again, he, he did sign a new contract. I think it was a year and a half ago. So um, maybe he struggled with the expectation. I mean, after that Arsenal performance, even before that, you were hearing, um, oh, he's next Rio Ferdinand, future West Ham captain, future England captain. Hasn't really happened with him so far. Obviously, he's still got time, but it's not really looking like it's going to happen. Yeah, it, it, it's sad, really, because... As everyone knows, West, West Ham, we, we love sort of bringing young players through and seeing them develop, like we've seen with Martin Noble in recent years. Declan Rice now is, you know, the the jewel in our in our crown almost. You know, the, 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 we're known as to be the, the academy of football, but and everyone expected it to be Reece Oxford, yeah, and it hasn't worked, and it, it's sad in that respect. And you know, if you speak to any fan, they they all wish that he was. In that, you know, as part of that defence, and he all wish he'd been there a mainstay for the last three years, and him and Declan Rice coming through, but it just doesn't happen. So when he does leave, you know, good luck to him. I actually thought I thought he'd be, you know, the next sort of big thing. You know, how, how there's this young wave of, of talent coming through, you like sort of Sessegnon, Phil Foden, Jalen Sancho, who's gone abroad. You know, I thought Wee Oxford would be part of that, um, but maybe like Sancho, he'll, he'll cut it in the Bundesliga. Well, he, when he did play last year, I, thought, I think they liked him. They liked him. He, he impressed. So maybe again, maybe that's what he needs to do. He needs to go over there full time and just you know get away for like, fresh start, permanent move. You know, stay over there for three or four years and see what happens. Um, as you said, Jaden Sancho is making the go of it and he's doing very well. Straight into the first team at Dortmund. Mm. Um, Adam Ola Lookman's gone over there and done. He's done quality. Very, he's he's over quality. At Leipzig, so. You know, there's definitely a market out there for for, for young English players going over there and actually reviving their careers after, um, or even just kickstarting their careers after not really being given an opportunity in England. So, you know, I think that's probably what you should do. We're talking transfer window, and of course, West Ham United spending you know a hundred or so million pounds on on new signings. Have they spent enough? I, I think West Ham. Have- probably spent enough but perhaps not in the right areas I mean perhaps there was one too many attackers bought I mean the, it was quite top heavy anyway with the forwards but um, I, I think West Ham fans can be satisfied probably needed a, a better central midfielder rather than Sanchez 
probably needed a left back because when Crespo's out of the team, Masuaku can't play left back. But um, I think you have to be happy with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with with the investment and the the calibre of, of players that have come in. But I, I, I do feel as though there should have been, you know, you've spent 100 million quid, then we're spending another 20 million quid on the player that you, you really do need. And we de- we desperately need a cent- another central midfielder, defensive midfielder. But they, Pellegrini, for whatever reason, felt as if it wasn't needed. He had enough. Declan Rice could probably pay, play there. Um, perhaps he might even play Pablo Zabaleta, like you said earlier, Raymond. But I don't know. And a left back as well. Do you think they've gone for the value option, though, West Ham? Like they've looked at quantity rather than quality? No. I think. I think. The players that that he brought in and the positions that he brought in all strengthen the squad, all strengthen the team. I mean, the fact that we had five debutants suggests that uh, show that you know it, it, it does strengthen the you know the starting eleven and, and the team. Like the fact that Carlos Sanchez has been brought in just as a squad player. Um, Zande Silva, for instance, he brought in went straight into the under twenty three. He's banged in two goals against Tottenham tonight. It's hat trick now. Is it hat trick? Well, there you go. I mean, don't, don't be surprised he's Andy Silva starting against Bournemouth on Saturday. So, I mean, he's bought right. Like Anderson and Yarmolenko, we needed to improve our wide players going forward. He's done that. Um, I think Wilshere, given he's a free transfer, does does strengthen us. But there is, as we've already said, I think I don't think many people would have begrudged him maybe not spending forty million quid on Anderson and instead spending forty million pound on. You know, uh, a holding midfielder like Dendonka kept being. You know, a lot of people were saying Dendonka's going to come to West Ham. He really wanted to come. He's ended up at Wolves. William Carvalho, he was another one that was heavily linked to us. He's now at Real Betis. It's like these two players that have cost those two clubs hardly anything at all, and we haven't we haven't acted on that. Presumably because it's a different manager in charge now, and he's got different ideas. But I think West Ham fans were pretty much over Anderson when it all came up again the speculation because it wasn't happening and then it was happening and I think maybe that money could have been invested wisely but then if Anderson you know if he he showed showed glimpses yesterday Mm. if he can really push on then obviously you've got to have the real kind of star of the team at the same time though I think with any football club a, a lot I mean there'll be a lot of teams after that first game this weekend that would have gone particularly the ones that spent big would have gone okay yeah we did spend a lot of money but we could have really done with investing in that position who, who, who are you looking at when you when you say that well I mean no one in particular I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure there'll be some some Fulham fans that might go oh do you know what we could have we could have done investing there or Leicester for instance they spent a lot of money or you know they, they lost to, to Man United maybe they might be thinking okay well we spent money there but perhaps we need to re- reinvest there there's always going to be a part of any any team where you go, oh, we could have probably done reinvest, invest in a bit more. With, with Leicester, I think I think personally they were unlucky, very simply unlucky. In, in a similar sort of vein with Fulham, I think they were very unlucky. Um, mm. They played good football, yeah, yeah, really good football. They they attacked Crystal Palace, uh, but you know they, they had a goalkeeper who made a mistake or two, if you like, you know, who wasn't really too confident, and, and a man in Wilfred Zaha who's in good form. With with Leicester, I think United were, <laughs> were very, very lucky to get the three points oh, definitely, yeah. on Friday night, you know. But what, what I mean by what, where I'm getting at is that, you know, unless you are Man City, or unless you are Liverpool, 
then there's always going to be parts of the starting eleven, parts of your team where you know you think, oh, do you know what? We probably could have spent, we probably should have bought someone in that position because we're not quite as strong as theirs. We, we thought we might. I mean, it's all hindsight, isn't it? And um, you know, okay, we probably should have bought a defensive midfield and probably should have invested in a, in, in a left back. I think the team, the team that you know most resonates to, to, to what you say there is Brighton you know who have spent money they've spent a lot of money this summer mm. they've gone they've bought internationals they, they've bought in players and apparently they're completely completely and utterly hopeless at Watford on yeah. Saturday yeah so you know maybe that gives an indication of how things are going to go Huddersfield got beat 3-0 Fulham as you say got beat 2-0 Cardiff got beat 2-0 at Bournemouth Newcastle were beaten well Newcastle brought in 7 yeah not a single one started no, um, well, Debravka, the goalkeeper. Well, and Kennedy, but they they were there last year. Yeah, none, of the, none of the new faces yeah. played. No, Rondon, Muto, uh, Shah were all on the bench. Mm. But you know, that's a, that's a special case because of their, you know, issues they've yeah. got, if you like. Um, but it's it's interesting to see, and it'll be it'll be it'll be very very interesting to see how it all plays out. You know, of course, with one game in, man, you know, mm. we, we shouldn't be sitting there yeah. looking into this. You never know; West Ham might win ten out of the next twelve and be up there in the in the Europa League or Champions League spots. We don't actually know the game against uh, Bournemouth at home. Of course, they won by two goals to nil on uh, on Saturday. They played a Cardiff side under Neil Warnock, who who I think are going to struggle. Um, that they really, really spent well. You know, I think they've lost their opening day games in the past four seasons or something. They've mm. they've lost yeah. each of them. You know, they brought in Diego Rico um, and and Jefferson Lerma. None of them started. Uh, they had a young forward and David Brooks who who played and looked pretty decent as uh, as well. Eddie Howe still trying to play that good, nice quality brand of football. Um, but yeah. They 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 did well against Cardiff City. Um, what do you expect when 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 they come to London Stadium? Um, I mean, we we all know what Bournemouth are about now, don't we? They've been in the Premier League, which, which is their is their full season yeah, up in the top flight. We know what they're about. We all know about Eddie Howe's teams, and every time they they've come to a couple last year. I can't remember what was the score last year. London Stadium. Yeah, one yeah, one. 1-1 and the year before that was our first Premier League game at London Stadium we won that 1-0 with an Antonio winner right to death so I mean judging by the last two home games against them it's going to be a tight game um, I like Bournemouth I think they've got you know a, a, one thing about Bournemouth is they never they never really seem to sell any players no like, they've always got the same team they just bring in a couple of little ones you know don't change a lot during the summer and they always seem to be you know improving every, every year and I quite like that about Eddie Howe and Bournemouth um, I mean look at I mean, Ryan Fraser had a great game I'll, I'll be worried about him at the weekend um, Callum Wilson he scored a hat-trick against us at Upton Park and that last season at Upton Park at 4-3 I think that's the first season up as well so I mean a lot of people are expecting West Ham to be under Pellegrini in this new style and you know this attacking style to be um, quite ruthless at the weekend but I don't think it's going to be an easy game No I don't think it will be either I mean look if I'm honest I've got Bournemouth down on you know one of my predictors or whatever you know whatever you call it want to call it um, as, as a team that I can see struggling this season because I think they've just been treading water for so long like Swansea did like Villa did and and eventually you know they'll they'll try and spend on 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 sort of mid-level names but end up overpaying mm. 
and then they'll go down. I mean, look, they've bought, you know, this Jefferson Lerma for 25, 26 million pounds. Complete unknown quantity as to whether he's going to settle in the Premier League, how he's going to get on. You know, don't forget they bought in a Turbay, the winger in their first season from Roma. He didn't do oh, yeah, too well. Him, yeah. You know, they, they, they've, they've spent, they have spent plus... They haven't got the resources. Well, they have got the resources, but it's all it's all petro dollars. Mm. It's oil money from their from their owner Maxim Dent, you know. Whereas their their ground only holds ten thousand, mm. so it's not even a case that they're self sustainable. That could really erupt if they go down, mm. big time erupt. Mm. And I just wonder, you know, with Eddie Howe, I I think he's unsackable. There, I really think he's unsackable. He's got. The backing of the board, backing of the fans, they love him. You know, he's he, he's back there for his second spell in charge. And I think even if they do go down, they'll keep him there and they'll try and, you know, get the most out of him. But I can see them really struggling. I think they were very lucky last season. Very, very lucky that there were eight or so other teams who were worse off. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the case for a lot of teams down there, wasn't it? That um, I think they were just lucky that the three that went down were, were so poor. But... Yeah, Luca. I don't know. I don't know what you think about Bournemouth and, and with, with how you see Saturday's game going. Yeah, well, I totally agree with Aaron. I, I had him to go down this season. I just think their luck might be out a little bit um, in terms of staying in the Premier League. But I think it could be a tricky game. Having said that, um, there's always a lot of goals when West Ham play Bournemouth. Uh, could be an attacking game. Uh, could well be a three-two or four-two, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the last two games we played at, at, at their at their place have been what three threes and three twos and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. So there's always goals, and they beat us four-three a few years ago at Upton Park. Um, so it should be it should be an exciting game, particularly with our with our high line that Pellegrini seems to seems to be playing. Um, it looks like he'll probably stick with that as well, given how stubborn he is. So it could be quite a few goals on Saturday. So hopefully we'll just get one more than they do, which would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, what, do, you, do you expect them to come to London Stadium and play that open, attacking sort of brand of football? How, how do you expect them to, to, to line up and, and, and come at you? Well, judging by the last two times, I know we just said that there's a lot of goals with them, the last two times they've come to London Stadium, they haven't played, they've been a little bit more conservative, haven't they? They've, the fact that we've had to grind out a 1-0, a 1-0 win and then only, only draw one all suggests that you know they, they might come and play a little bit more you know, safe, try and nullify our attack a little bit Give, I mean Eddie Howe will know that how much money we've spent on our attack this summer so they'll know, he'll know that Pellegrini, what type of manager Pellegrini is tactically um, he'd have done his research, he'll know that we're going to try and try and play that high line again and try and pl- sort of be that attacking team, so I mean I can't imagine he'll they'll come and sort of play a more expansive style of football because they end up they could end up falling in the same trap as we did against Liverpool for instance yesterday so I think they'll be they'll be a hard team to break down but yeah I think I think it'd be an interesting game gents how do West Ham approach this one where would you want to see uh, changes made to the line up and how would you line up against Bournemouth um, I think I would stick with Fredericks at right back because I think the game will be better for him and it could be a chance for him to show off really. I think maybe trial the midfield again for one more game, see how that holds up against Bournemouth. Um, and then if Cresswell's fit, bring him back for Masuaku. Um, let on the left side, I think Antonio's got to make way for Yarmolenko. If Yarmolenko's match fit, and um, there you go, really. I uh, don't know if you want to add anything to that, James. Yeah, I... I I agree. I'd like to see a very similar team 
to, to that one. Maybe take Antonio out and, and put Yarmolenko in if he's match fit. Um, but I think I think we saw with that lineup against uh, Liverpool that that's the eleven that Pellegrini really sees. Maybe barring that Anto- Antonio and Yarmolenko, I think that's the eleven that Pellegrini sees. That's the midfield trio that Pellegrini wants to work. So we, as as Luke said, I, I think it would be it would be interesting to see how that midfield works against a team like Bournemouth. As I said, as I said earlier. I think we we need to judge Pellegrini and his tactics against, uh, when we come up against teams like Bournemouth, the teams that we should be in an, in or near us, in and around us in the, in the league table at the end of the season. The teams that we're going to be competing up against for a top ten finish. You know, I know we've said that Bournemouth might struggle this year, but you know, let, let's see how that team does against against the team like Bournemouth and go from there. Um, but you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I can't see him making too many changes. Mm. And what about the midfield? How do you fix that? How do you solve a problem like West Ham's midfield? Well, I think a lot of the, the issue that we saw was that Declan Rice was, I mean, he's a little bit ill-disciplined in that in that position. He hasn't played there very much competitively. Um, on more than one occasion, a lot of people criticised Mark Noble for his performance, but he was left isolated by... by Declan Rice being all over the place being completely out of position and he, he left Mark Noble on his own a lot of the time and you know and that makes Mark Noble look like a bad player yeah so I'm, I'm not digging Declan Rice out to say it was just his fault because Jack Wilshere wasn't at the races he didn't have a great game as you said earlier it was, you know, it was, it was as if he weren't even on the pitch so I think a little bit more discipline um, they just need to I think if, if that's the three that he's going to stick with you know They've got to play. They've got to get used to playing with each other. So, uh, uh, or we see what Car- Carlos Sanchez does does there. You know? Would you expect to see him get some minutes off the bench? Yeah, I can't imagine he'll start. No, <laughs> but you know, he'll probably come off the bench, and we see we go from there. But I, I, I just get, I've got this feeling that that's the three, that's the trio in midfield that he's going to stick with. Go for it again. For Declan Rice, Mark, Mark Noble, and, and Jack Wilshere. Which on paper sounds like an absolute car crash in midfield, doesn't yeah. it? But again, Declan Rice might might nail down that position and nail it at, at, at defensive midfield. And what about the back line in terms of right back? Do you go Fredericks for his pace and and the potential to attack Bournemouth, or do you go for someone who's going to give you six and a half, seven out of ten in Pablo Zabaleta? I think Fredericks could go wandering and cause some problems against Bournemouth. He's not going to be so hemmed in. And he's not going to have as much defending to do. I think the smart thing would have been go for Zabaleta against Liverpool, go for Fredericks against Bournemouth. So Fredericks would be my answer in that position. Yeah. I think maybe you got it wrong yesterday, played the wrong one. Um, but I would play Fredericks. You can understand why he would, though, to, for, for you know, to get a bit of an injection of pace yeah. so that you move up the field quicker. But. I mean, some of the passing was horrendous. Mm. Some of the passing was like, yeah, mate, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'd, I think, as Luke said, against against Bournemouth, I think we, we could probably use Frederick's pace, um, particularly if we're going to be expected to see a lot more of the ball and sort of be, be more of an attacking outfit. Um, I think that that will be what he'll go for. But again, Zabaleta's... A good player, a good option to have, isn't he? I mean, as you said, he's a solid player. Give you a six, seven out of ten. Um, and if we are struggling for whatever reason, then you know, you can bring him off the bench and he'll do a job for you. Yeah, certainly. Uh, well, it's not spreading. Well, I will very quickly. What about 
Zabla to hold a midfield. See, mm. I had that idea. See, I think he'd do really see, well. Now you've said it, I want, I want, I want him to do it this weekend. Stick It'd be in there. such a good idea. Do you know why? He doesn't need to be extraordinary. He just needs to be intelligent mm. to to pick things up, trap it, and just go bang. There you go, and release some like Wilshire. Just play a smart pass. That's all he needs to and do. If you need, if you want a player to be intelligent, then who better than Zabaleta? His experience, he's won Premier Leagues, he knows exactly what he's doing. The question is, does Pellegrini do something like that? Does he, you know, just try and build some consistency with his lineups? Does he what, what, what does he do? It's it's a real poser. Mm. Real, real poser. Um and that's why you, you I mean, Carlos Sanchez getting some minutes, yeah, you can understand it, but just I'm not sure. I'm 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 really really not sure. I think he's got to be a bench starter, but you know, Declan Rice. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not e- exactly sure how he's going to go because obviously it's early season. To be honest, I don't think anyone could have predicted the lineup yesterday. No, no one would have been able to predict the lineup yesterday. Um, some will try to predict the lineup for Saturday. It's going to be extremely difficult. Um, Obiang was on the bench yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like someone like him in the midfield, no? I like Obiang. I really like I him. I mean, I don't see why, why you wouldn't have someone like him in the midfield um, playing alongside Wilshire and Noble. He tends to blow hot and cold, and he, he did want to leave in the summer. Um, but, yeah, maybe his short-term option, it makes sense. But if you're looking for a short-term option, I think you've, you've planted a bit of a seed in my brain with the Zabaleta idea. <laughs> I think... Mm. I, I think be done. Yeah, Maybe got to be done one player if I was West Ham United I would have gone for is Daily Blind yeah obviously you know we don't know what the story is with wages and whatnot. but I'm I'm gutted he left Man United because I think he's another one of those, those players who's intelligent plays holding midfield centre back left back he knows exactly what he's doing and I think he'll be a real miss at Man United this season yeah, he's definitely a power of luck at West Ham He's his quality though. He's yeah, he's absolutely class, and he's intelligent. He'll sit in front of that defence and he'll marshal it properly, you mm. know. And I think he could have made a real difference. And how much they're selling for? Fourteen, yeah, fifteen cheap, million pounds. It's cheap. And you just wonder why some of the other Premier League teams didn't go. Yeah, we'll have a bit of that. Mm. We'll have a bit of that. You know. Um, was there any? There, there weren't any major loan moves on either, were there? What? No loan moves whatsoever. What for, for players in? No, well, no. I I heard that Pellegrini had didn't want to bring any loan loans in. It's yeah. just permanent deals or nothing. Okay, interesting. I don't I don't know the the, the logic behind that. I mean, if you could have picked, you know, that a few a few players have gone out uh, on loan, you know, from various clubs to various clubs. If you could pick one, who who would you have gone for? Obviously, Fulham have gone for Timothy Fossey Mensah, you know, another very versatile player, plays right back, centre half, holding midfield again. Someone who could occupy that area, who can play a variety of positions and who can do different things. That that's who they've gone for. Who would you have gone for? I, I, he doesn't really play in that position, but I think to get Mario on another season loan would have been a good thing because we weren't quite sure about him we only had him for half a season and maybe a full season would have told us whether we wanted to buy him permanently or not um, But well there are rumours that Spurs were after him yeah, at one point on deadline day. yeah and I think now he's I think he's going to I saw today he's signing for I think Brad Bettis won him or, or something like that okay. but one player I would have liked to see if we were going we to get a loan in then I would have I would have gone for Dindonka. He's gone to Wolves on a loan with a view to buy at the end of the season. I think the reason why we didn't buy him in January is because 
um, and they let wanted too much money. Now they've sent him out on loan. Like get 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 him in, get him in, and he can play that role. We can play centre half or or holding. So. I think we might have missed the trick on that one. Yeah, certainly. Look, let's get the opposition view. We'll be speaking to Sam, the Bournemouth fan, next on Love Sport. Good fixture to have out of the London Stadium open day. You'd rather have them than someone like Arsenal or Chelsea, wouldn't you? Yeah, it kind of breaks up our uh, start to the season because we start with Liverpool. I think after Bournemouth we've got... Is it, Ch- is it Chelsea away? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. We've got Arsenal away coming up as well. Man United at home. Wolves at home. Wolves at home. Um, so having Bournemouth at home as our first game is kind of particularly after the high that we got yesterday. Because it's, it's a nice opportunity, without disrespecting Bournemouth, it's a nice opportunity to to perhaps put put that right from yesterday and and uh, maybe just get some points on the board. Um, as I said before, it's not going to be easy. Definitely not going to be easy. No, it certainly won't be. Um, who do you see as their, their their key men? Obviously, you said Callum Wilson scored a hat trick against West Ham United. Uh, who who is the person you're looking at and you you're, you're most concerned about? I think Ryan Fraser. Um, James mentioned him earlier. He scored against West Ham last season. He's a tricky little winger. He can get in between defenders. Perhaps slip under the radar a bit. Maybe he's not the person everyone's going to be looking at before the game. I think he can cause some problems. Yeah, I, I I agree. Um I've always liked the look of Ryan Fraser. Um I watched their highlights from, from their win at the weekend and he mm. was their best player, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was their key man against uh, Cardiff City. Um the papers and whatnot, you know, describing Bournemouth as technically superior. Um what what do you notice from Eddie Howe's sort of style of play? I mean, you know, obviously everyone knows that they like to play good football. It's it's uh a much bigger pitch at the London Stadium than it is at Dean Court. Have you ever been down there, Dean Court? I've not been to Dean Court. Lo- no. Lovely stadium. Yeah, lovely stadium. Very, very small. Well, that's been West Ham's undoing, really, uh, as well. In that we've struggled with the big pitch. Um, so may- maybe again, may- maybe that might that might hinder Bournemouth a little bit, given that the style of play that Eddie Howe likes and. Um, but they again, but they haven't really struggled in the last two games that they've come to us and played. You know they've they've they played pretty well. Been a little bit more conservative in their style when they've come to us over the last two seasons and, and managed to nick a point last year, and should have nicked a point the season before had it not been for a late for a late winner. So um, Eddie Howe will will have a very good idea of how he's gonna how how he's gonna line line Bournemouth up on on Saturday. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know if the game goes in very similar ways as done in the last two two seasons. Any key battles you spot on that pitch? You you're looking out, going, yeah, he needs to be making sure he's out of the game. X, Y, and Z. Well, I think I think where where Ryan Fraser is concerned, I think, and I mean even I mean Callum Wilson. If you look at Callum Wilson, Bonner and Balbuena are going to be the two that are going to be tasked with just keeping him quiet and bullying him a little bit. Um, and then Ryan Fraser, one of the midfield three, are going to have to track him. Who would you trust to do that? I mean, given the three, it would probably have to be Declan Rice if he plays. Because he's got a bit of speed about him. Well, just that he can. It's got a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say Declan Rice is pacey, but it. it but over the other two. Well, I mean, Martin Noble's not the quickest lads anymore, is he? There you go. Um, Jack Wilshere again. He's not pacey, is he? Um, I mean, Declan Rice. It'd be a little bit more physical. We might be able to sort of just, you know, rough, rough him up a little bit. Give him a bit of a hard time. Give him a bit of a hard time. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, if we keep if we can keep Ryan Fraser quiet and if we can keep um, Callum Wilson quiet, then we've got half a chance, I think. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think I don't think Wilshere's going to want to be tracking. I don't think Wilshere's going to want to go back at all. Um, and obviously, Rice is the um, obvious choice there. So it it might be hard for about Rayner and Ogbonna against Wilson because they're not the quickest again. But I, I think they'll be okay. It's obviously it's going to be a much easier afternoon, hopefully, than than Liverpool. Yeah, and I think I, I think we're Balbuena's concerned. He looks like a bit of a bully. Yeah, I reckon I, I reckon he really he, he he's a sort of defender. He comes across the sort of defender that loves a bit of rough and tumble. Loves you know loves bullying strikers. The general, isn't he? So. Yeah, they call him the general. And um, I think I think if he if he can annoy Callum Wilson or just you know keep him quiet and rough him up a little bit, I think he'll win that battle. I just wonder if we're going to see their new signing Jefferson Lerma as well, Colombian international. You know they paid best part of twenty five million pounds for him. Eddie Howe coming out saying he was he wasn't ready to start the game last Saturday and to play in the game last um, Saturday, and they want to make sure he he's he's fully. 100% acclimatised to how they play the style they they operate and, and the way they do things before he, he, he lets him loose on the Premier League can you see him starting? I'll be surprised if he starts particularly off the back of Bournemouth winning the other day you'd like to think that he'll want to keep a winning team Eddie Howe um, but it depends how good he is no one really knows I mean I'd never heard of him I'd admit I'd never heard of him when they, when they signed him Um so no one really knows what he's going to add to that Bournemouth team. Eddie Howe might see it that you know he's he's good enough. There's a reason why they spent so much money. He's good enough to slot straight in there and, and make a, make a difference. But I mean, if I'm Eddie Howe, I'm not I'm not changing the start, my starting eleven after winning. No, I think they'll they'll look to use him as an impact sub definitely. Um, I've seen bits and bobs, but don't know a hell of a lot about him. He could obviously he could be a danger man if he comes off the bench last 20, 30 minutes something like that. Let's get the opposition view now. We're going to be talking uh, to Sam Davis, uh, Bournemouth fan. Uh, Sam, good evening. Good evening. Great to have you on board, pal. Thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. First and foremost, talk to us about your opening day win. Ryan Fraser playing a uh, a key part in Eddie Howe's side. It wasn't the greatest of performances, but... Cardiff were quite a physical side. Um, we nullified threats. I say threats. They, they were people up front, to be honest. However, yeah, we did what we had to do. And um, he stuck with a trusted team that we, in the pre-season, just in the season, um, against Marseille. And he stuck with the same, um, you know, same 11. Um, so no Lewis Cook, which was quite a surprise. But, he stuck to his guns, and um, yeah, we did the business. And yeah, Ryan Fraser was man of the match, and uh, it was um, it was a professional performance by us. I'm not sure if you caught much of the West Ham Liverpool game on the Sunday, but I mean, what what do you expect uh, your your side to be doing when they go to the London Stadium on on Saturday? It's a completely different atmosphere. They're going to be playing under a massive ground. You know, um, the fans, as we well know, you know, quite far away from the pitch. It's not tight and compact like uh, like Bournemouth's ground is. But you know, w- what do you expect to happen down there? Can you see Bournemouth grabbing another three points on on their trip? Travels. I'm not sure if we've still got Sam there. Let's try and get Sam back there. But uh, interesting, the the aspect of Ryan Fraser. I think he's going to be a key uh, component for Bournemouth. They've got quite a decent squad there, you know. 
quite a decent squad, you know, made up. I mean, don't forget Jermaine Defoe's still lurking around there yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old he is now. With Jermaine Defoe? He's got to be 36 now, isn't he? 36, 37, but he's still got it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's still got it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those players that never loses it. Well, Clive Tilsley famous said that, you never lose it. You okay. never, ever lose it. Let's bring uh, Sam back in. Sam, uh, before we lost you, just asking you what you expect your side to be doing when they go to the London Stadium on Saturday. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. I mean, obviously, um, when you went to Anfield, I don't think you probably expected much based on how they are. So we don't really know um, how you are as a team, to be honest. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting game. We know it's going to be you know, very tough. The pressure is going to be on West Ham to get the three points. But I expect Eddie Howe will do the same again. Play um, quite possibly the same eleven that started um, against Cardiff, and you know, like if we can, you know, sort of nullify your early threat, and uh, you know, maybe nick a goal, we could have a chance. But um, it's um, it's one we're going into with some confidence, and um, you know, obviously, we would like to keep your bad run going. I was going to say, Sam, you must you must have been quite encouraged watching the way West Ham were defending against Liverpool yesterday, and that high line that Pellegrini seems to be quite stubborn on 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 playing, regardless of how how the game's panning out. You must have been quite encouraged, yeah. given that the, the pace you've got with Fraser and Callum yeah. Wilson being able to run in behind. Yeah, well, we play with quite high press, so you know, seeing the way West Ham defended did obviously give us, um, well, did give me as a fan quite a lot of um, you know, sort of encouragement. However, I am wary of the fact that it was Liverpool, and we are completely different. And um, you know, their you know their tempo is absolutely relentless. Whereas we, you know, we do have our fast moments, but then we have peaks and troughs as well. Um, and you know, Pellegrini is very disciplined. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a tough game for us, but um, I would like to think we could nick something. Um, what do you think of West Ham's business, Sam? Obviously, so do you think that uh, you're facing a tougher West Ham side than you were last season? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, we've been sort of, we've been very impressed with um, a lot of the, you know, signings that everyone else has been doing this season. Um, you know, thankfully we we did catch up by signing, you know, Jefferson Lerma at the end. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, if he can get them playing in gelling together, playing as a cohesive unit, then, you know, I think his business will have been great. But, um, it, unfortunately, your first match isn't isn't really going to give you a decent gauge on where you're at. Um, mm. And it's the matches against Bournemouth well, that are going to be, um, you know, what fans are looking towards to see, you know, like, if it's any good or not. Do, t- tell us a little bit more about Bournemouth's new signings. Jefferson, there's been a lot of talk about Jefferson Lerma and... and and that the, I mean, the money that, that Bournemouth has spent on him. Do, do you know much about him? And do you know what, what West Ham should expect to, to see from him if he does play a part on Saturday? Well, well, whether he will play or not, I'm not 100% because he he didn't uh, he hasn't trained for a while. Um, so whether he'll be actually playing or not, I don't know. Our other signing, uh, Diego Rico, left back, um, he's suspended because he, uh, he got sent off in his last game for his last club in La Liga. David Brooks, you'll see, um, mm-hmm. you know, from Sheffield United, but he, he did look a bit lightweight. But, I mean, if Jefferson Lerma plays, um, he's very combative. Um, he play, he picked up 19 bookings last season. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, um, 
it's going to be, you know, one of them where we've needed one of those players that say, you know, a real sort of tough tackler. Harry Art has not been on it for a while in, in terms of his form, and he was that kind of, um, you know, Scott Parker, almost Scott Noble character, um, Ross Noble character, you know, like in the middle. Um, but yeah, you know, Jefferson Lemberry plays. He can he can provide a goal threat. Um, very pacey, you know, very strong playmaker as well. Mm. The money we spent on him, twenty-five million, obviously for a club like us, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I think Cardiff were looking to sign him, uh, but they were only sort of looking maximum six million, seven million. So yeah. um, we did probably overspend on him, but he could be the cog that we need to, um, you know, maybe make us into a top ten club. But who knows? Is that the the target for Bournemouth this year to to get back in the top ten and um, and, and stay there sort of beyond this season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when we finished ninth the season before last, it was a bit of um, it was a little bit false, really, because um, the amount of points that we got, I think it was forty six. Any other season would have seen us finishing thirteenth or fourteenth with that amount. Mm. Last season, twelfth, I think. Um, was probably about right, but it didn't. It, I mean, it didn't feel that great a season for us. But you know, based on the money we're spending alone, um, I would like to think that we should be finishing between sort of eighth and maybe fourteenth. And yeah, for a club like us, um, it's an achievement to finish anywhere above seventeenth. To be honest, but you know, we've got some new blood in. We're keep, we've managed to sort of keep the nucleus of the side that's uh, you know played last season, and um, you know there's no reason why we can't sort of push on. And having a start where we get three points is massive because our previous starts to Premier League seasons have been absolutely awful, and we've basically been you know condensing the season into sort of 33, 34 games because we've mm. been losing. Uh, three or four matches on the trot but at least we've got that first three points in the bag hopefully get a bit of momentum and if we pick up something on Saturday then well it'd be an absolute bonus Yeah no, I mean are you concerned you know maybe that I, I don't know I, I, I just wonder about the progression of the club you know obviously the ground is a massive massive mm. thing 10,000 fans you know there's been talk about a new ground for so so long but nothing seems to have come concrete are you concerned that the club can only sort of tread water if you like for so long before you know the inevitable ball happens and, and, and you know an exit back down to the championship occurs yeah well that's uh, you know that's the thing in order to try to attract these players, I mean, you know, we've been lucky to get the players that we have done, but in order to attract them, we do need a bigger ground. Now, I was actually in a meeting with Eddie Howe on Thursday, um, which actually came as a bit of a surprise, but um, I got contacted by the press guy at AAC Bournemouth, and um, he said, you know, do you want to come to the stadium with uh, five other fans and just have a look around? I thought, you know, this is a bit strange. Um, and then he took us around the uh, training pavilion and sat us in this little lecture theatre where um, Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall, you take the team on a Monday and we'll talk them through the last performance with PowerPoint slides and everything. And then Howe walks in and he he chats to us for about an hour and the whole point of the meeting was to how to uh, improve relations between the fans and you know the club and also improve the matchday atmosphere. And one of the things we did ask was about the stadium. 
and um, it is something that the club um, are keen to be, you know, chasing. But there's been nothing sort of concrete. Certainly nothing that he's you know, told us. But it's so so crucial. There are so many Bournemouth fans um, that you know can't get tickets. There are young supporters who can't watch their local team so they're having to you know um chase up alternatives to watch so either you know maybe they can watch um us playing away or even go up the road to watch premier league football and and see southampton which is obviously you know not what we want to be doing but um in terms of attracting new players to have the facilities in terms of a new stadium, they're looking at sort of 25,000 seater. It's absolutely crucial. And, you know, we will get relegated at some point and we do need some kind of tangible asset to show for it because, you know, look, it's all very well having a stint in the Premier League, but if we get sort of relegated two or three seasons down the line, we're still in the tin pot stadium that we're in now, what did we really get from it? Um, so, yeah, for me, it's absolutely crucial and the board are, you know, acutely aware of the problem and um, I'm, I'm certain there are things happening behind the scenes. However, as fans, we're not really being communicated with as much as we'd like so we're we are in the dark as to what's happening but i've just have to have faith with the board um you know that they are sort of moving things in the right direction uh, you've got to have faith in jeff mostyn sam after you know what he's done for that club uh it'd be uh it'd be rude not to trust the man it really really would thank you very much pal um you know for, for joining us this evening best luck. what do you reckon the score's going to be on saturday by the way and are you going Yes, I will be going, yeah. Um, I, I'm hoping that uh, we can get a draw out of it. I think, uh, you know, West Ham are going to score because, uh, you know, they, you know, apart from what happened at the weekend, I, they are going to be a threat up front, but then we are too with our pace, so I'll go for a two-all draw. A two-all draw, I'm sure it'll be a fascinating contest. Sam, thank you very much for joining us this evening. Sam Davis, Bournemouth fan there, uh, with us on Love Sport Radio. 8.54, chaps. Um, closing comments on the Liverpool game, closing comments on, on the Bournemouth game. You know, obviously we'll be reviewing it, if you like, this time next week. But but what do you see happening? An exciting, entertaining game, I think, West Ham... Pellegrini's West Ham have now got a point to prove. Hopefully they're going to come out of the blocks. I'm thinking maybe something similar to Southampton last season. Mm. Maybe that's a bit optimistic, but kind of a similar performance and forget about that Liverpool game quickly. I think I think what's going to be key this weekend, um, particularly after what happened against Liverpool, is that the fans have got to be behind them. And I think, that, I think there will be the excitement first game of the season at home. Um, excitement to see all these new players, new manager in action. I think... Um, I think the fa- if the fans are on board like they were that Southampton game last last season and, and the yeah. fans are really behind the team from the off and there's a great atmosphere there, then I mean, I don't see anything past us as winning. Um, because we've all got to play our part. It's, it's a new era, OK? It didn't go to plan on the first day, but I really fa- I, I do fancy us. I think regardless of, of what happened against Liverpool, I think that against uh, against Bournemouth, I, I fancy us for the three points. You fancy yourself for the three points? For once, yeah. For once, just once. What's the record? What at London yeah, Stadium? Yeah, you said for once. Well, the, the only reason why is because I've, I've, over the years, I've become quite a pessimistic West Ham fan, <laughs> um, which I suppose no one can really blame me for, um, given the, the the highs and lows, mostly lows over the last few years. So, um, and particularly at the new stadium, where we, have, I mean, I, 
I think we've, we have actually won more than we've lost there, but mm. only just. Um, and it's always, I mean, we don't win, very rarely do we win comfortably there. I think we've got, our biggest win there is 3-0. And we've only done that twice in two seasons. Um, so it'd be nice to get a big win. Um, any, any any sort of win, mate. Any win, any, any win. win. Just get the old momentum going to yeah, get yeah. the juices flowing. Point, if you like points on the board, get out that bottom three because we're still we're back in the bottom three again, mm. which breaks my heart. Mm. But you know, I, you know, I'm com- I'm confident it'll be a good season. It will indeed, gents. Thank you very much. There you go. It's the West Ham Fan Show with West Ham World. It's Love Sport Radio. Sports Social Podcast Network.